Right, a warm welcome to everybody this morning, um, whether you're online, on the phone or watching on YouTube. The service is being led by Colin Burroughs and it will include communion. So if you haven't got any um, bread or something similar and a small drink, you may wish to get it before we get to that point. The newsletter's on the church website in case you haven't had it by email. Just one thing to highlight, for the next two Sundays, the Lord's Prayer and the readings won't be shown on screen. So you may want to have your own Bibles with you. Please stay muted during the service unless you're taking part. And at the end of the service, there will be a breakout room for prayer if anyone wants it. So now it's over to Colin. He says instantly unmuting himself. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Um, Welcome to our service this morning. Our call to worship this morning is from one of the Psalms that was in the readings for this week. It's Psalm 145 and beginning at verse three. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commands you works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Shall we pray together? Father God, we thank you that that we can come together this morning to praise you. Father, it's not in church, but it is in church, because church is the body. Church is not the building. We pray, Lord, that you bless each one that's here this morning, each family represented, and that you touch each one of us and that you speak to each one of us. Let your spirit roam freely throughout us this morning, touching hearts, touching minds, touching bodies, and just keep us safe. Let these words and this service be yours, and let everything I say and all the other people who take part bring glory to you. In Jesus' name. Now I think David and Rona will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. Does anybody have a birthday this week or had one last week and we missed? Is that a no? Is that you, Dave? We all have a practice, a rehearsal. <laughs> Later this month, Elaine. At least I escape. Okay, back to Colin. Yes. 
one of these days it's going to be a, a birthday time and I, I, i'm guessing at that, that time the elder is going to let everybody sing happy birthday at the same time and unmute and the chaos that will ensue will be absolutely awesome and i can't wait i just i just want to make sure i'm going to be there so i'm going to look on my church calendar and find out who's the next birthday is and make sure i'm there that sunday Right, we're going to move on with our service now and we're going to have our readings and I believe the first one is Kate. It is. So a reading from Psalm 17, starting at verse 1. Hear me, Lord, my plea is just. Listen to my cry. Hear my prayer, it does not rise from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right. Though you probe my heart, though you examine me at night and test me, you will find that I have planned no evil. My mouth has not transgressed. Though people try to bribe me, I have kept myself from the ways of the violent through what your lips have commanded. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not stumbled. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. As for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. May God's blessing be added to this, his word. Amen. Amen. The second reading is Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21. Jesus feeds the 5,000. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We only have here five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to the heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Mike. I'm hoping everybody can hear me, but if not, wave. (laughs) How would you know? Um... Right. The feeding of the 5,000. I think this is another one of those Bible readings that has been really well read and that most people, including non-Christians, have heard about. 
I find it really interesting and even more than that, important, as it teaches me about, amongst other things, human doubts, compassion, but most of all, faith. Sadly, I sometimes find myself doubting my commitment, questioning my faith. So many things happen in life, so many distractions that keep your mind and life busy and distracted, that staying on the true path sometimes seems very hard. The the psalm that Kate read said in verses 3 to 5 of my Bible, and I've got an old NIV, Though you probe my heart and examine me at night, though you test me, you will find nothing. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept myself from the ways of the violent. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not slipped. Wouldn't it be great if that was always true? But I know that sadly, sometimes I let him down. And sadly, sometimes I let myself down. I'm only human. But it's very easy to make that an excuse. But like us all, I try to keep my mind mind and my life focused on him. I do think that sometimes I take my faith for granted. My salvation for granted. I believe that doubt and fear are inbuilt within me. I look at some of the miracles that Jesus performed and find them not only amazing, but almost too much to comprehend. Sometimes in the miracles, I see that doubt portrayed by others, that questioning of faith. And in this one, this may be one of those miracles. As well as being the only miracle which is covered in all four Gospels, it's in Mark 6, Luke 9, John 6. There are some very important things to look at in here. If you go back to the beginning of the chapter, you get a bit more of an idea as to how Jesus would have felt. He had just learned that his good friend and a true man of God had been killed by Herod. Now, Jesus was human. And so you can imagine how he felt on receiving that news. He must have needed some time and space to just digest it, to spend some time in prayer about it. I know I would have. He withdrew from where he was and tried to go to a solitary place. It wasn't as if he tried to walk away. He got in a boat and put some distance between him and the crowd. He wanted space and isolation. The crowds were having none of that. Wherever he was at that time, they were going. And so they followed him on foot, away from the town to where he finally landed. How would you have felt if someone had followed you like that? After all, There is a time and a place, isn't there? This was not one or two that had followed him, but a large crowd. There was clearly going to be little rest here. And yet what did Jesus do? He had compassion on them. Compassion. What is that? Well, a definition of it is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. That's what Jesus asks us all to demonstrate. I hope we all understand what that truly means. I can imagine what I would have felt like if people had followed me 
and kept asking questions or asking me to give them something. But here, regardless of how tired he was, how sad he was, he still had compassion. So much so that he carried on talking to them and healing the sick. Miracles in themselves, which are almost lost in the space of this story. Would we show compassion in those circumstances? I would like to think so, but I'm not sure. As the story continues on into the evening, the disciples come to Jesus and say to him, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, if you look up the readings in the other Gospels, you will see that the disciples were also afraid that the people would not be able to find any food to eat if the hour grows any later. And they were also tired and very hungry themselves. They're in a deserted location. It could be some walk for any of them to go and find some food. And as far as they could see, the place where they, where they were, there was nothing. The disciples were filled with worry, doubt and fear. It's almost as if they'd forgotten who they were with. So they go to him expressing those doubts and their fears. Now, let's put that a little in perspective. These men had already seen Jesus turn water into wine, heal lepers, cast out legions or demons, calm violet storms, heal people with incurable diseases. diseases. They had even seen him raise the dead. They'd been with him through all of that and still doubted him and still didn't have enough faith. All of that was forgotten. They were hungry, they were thirsty and very tired. All of that took precedence. Without saying it, they doubted that Jesus would be able to deal with all of this. Where was their faith? They were actually with Jesus, but they could still have moments of doubt. Do you look at the situations you face in life and become afraid or full of doubt? As I said earlier, I certainly do. I'd be amazed if, if you didn't, especially in the world we live in at the moment. But remember, keep your eyes on Jesus. Pray to him. Trust him. Keep your faith in him. And his will will prevail. Do you look at your family who don't know Jesus and wonder if they ever will be saved? I definitely do that. There's so many in my family and I can't wait for them to know Jesus personally. Do you look at those who are ill and wonder if it'll be all right or if it'll lead to something else? Do you have financial worries? When the letter comes with a, with a bill in it, do you, do you hide it? Do you open it? I remember being a child and knocking on the insurance man knocking on the door and my mum telling me to go and tell her, telling me wasn't, she wasn't in. So I did while she hid behind the settee. And my mum was a big woman, so hide behind the settee was a, a big thing. But she didn't want to let the insurance man see her, and she couldn't afford to pay them. We all have worries and fear, but keep your eyes on Jesus, pray to him, trust him, keep your faith in him, and his will will prevail. In this story, the disciples had forgotten all they had seen and still doubted that Jesus could provide. 
So what did Jesus do? He showed them that nothing, nothing is too difficult for him. He showed them that they need not be afraid or worried and that he would provide, not just for them, but for everyone. And did he? Well, yes. We all have worries and problems in our lives and all struggle sometimes. But Jesus is the answer. Put your faith in him. And then there is how he did that. And this is the story. It's not mentioned in Matthew's gospel. But if you read the other narratives, it is in there. He used what a child had brought. A child. One thought is that these might have been his lunch. Five loaves of bread. Now, these aren't the ordinary types of bread. These aren't the uncut loaf you get in Asda, where they can have a one and a half inch thick butty of egg butties or something like that. These are probably small pieces of biscuit. Right. And will probably have just fed him, let alone the crowd that were there. The fish wouldn't have been the size of dolphins. It'd be more like the size of sardines. Yet to the child, they were all he had. All he had. For he was prepared to give everything he had to Jesus. Everything. Children can do that. They can, can make a teeth back in. They can make a commitment that we as adults find almost impossible to follow or even understand. When I was a lot younger and the first two kids I had were growing up, you could see the look on their faces. They believed that daddy could do anything. Now, I mean, that didn't last long. It soon works out that it was the mother that could do anything, not me. But certainly starting off, they could accept it. Probably told you this before, but it's apt for this message. I remember one year, many years ago, we took the older boys to Firm Foundations. Our boys were gay Christian weekend away down at the BB headquarters. The lads loved it. And at that time, some of them were really seeking and trying to find their faith. And I remember we took them to their big tent. And the guy preaching was a bloke called Tony Campolo, who doesn't make many trips to this country. But when he comes, he is absolutely, definitely worth listening to. Some of his books are absolutely awesome. And if you've never read them, buy It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Because that is just absolutely one to read through and read it more than once. Anyway, he was shouting on the stage that he was taking some older teenagers to build mud huts somewhere somewhere like Cambodia or somewhere in the in the Pacific. They probably had, I think they'd had a tornado or they'd just struggled to, um, to keep everybody fed and alive. And he was taking all these people over there to go and build these mud huts. And he was asking for volunteers. Well, I had at least a half a dozen boys aged 15 and upwards who were champing at the bit, who were prepared to go at the drop of a hat no thought as to the implications, no thought as to the money, no thought as to the vaccines, no thought as to the family worry, no thought as to how they were going to get there, but they were going. They'd probably been sold on the idea of building a mud hut in the sun, but I'd like to compare their initial reaction with giving their all to that cause. That is what they were prepared to do. No inhibitions, no limitations, all or nothing. All they wanted to bring was themselves. I have to be honest, coming on from that trip, myself and the other leaders, who may remember this, I think we were scared of being lynched by some of the parents. 
because it was highly probable that they were going to come home and say, Mom, I want to go to Cambodia. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that would have had possibilities, but I remember it, I remember it well. This boy in the story had five loaves and two fish. <clears throat> now, five loaves and two fish doesn't sound much, probably because it isn't much. But in Jesus' hands, as he blessed it, it became more than enough to feed everyone. He turned it into enough for possibly 10,000 people. 10,000 people, not five, because five is only the men. There's women and kids, possibly 10,000 people. He not only fed them, but then he had 12 baskets left over. No way the bread and the fish would have filled 12 baskets before Jesus blessed it. Yet the leftovers. Isn't that incredible? I've wrote three question marks at back in the notes of that because I've just looked at it in disbelief. He has no limits. Nothing is too difficult for him. The child had brought all he had to Jesus and Jesus, Jesus had multiplied it hundreds of times over so that it could bring glory to him. When we come to Jesus, we need to come just as we are. If we think we're in a competition as to who can bring the most or the best to Jesus, then we're wrong. Jesus will take us just as we are and make something miraculous from it. I know that from personal experience. We may not think we have much, but in the hands of Jesus, what we have is limitless. Come to him as we are. Not putting limits on what we can do, <clears throat> on what he can do for us. Not doubting, not questioning. Sounds easy, but in reality, how hard is that? A small part of me thinks that as I've got older and fatter, or should I say less fit and be polite, I have become less useful for him. But that is definitely not true. All of that is rubbish. It's me putting up barriers and trying to take the easy life because I feel perhaps I've done my bit already. I haven't. My work for the Lord never stops. It should never stop. It will never stop. God can make a use of me now in the same way as he made a use of me 30 years ago. How about you? Do you think God ever failed you? Have you ever felt he is not listening to you? All I can say is, in the same way he's never failed me, he has, and he will never fail, fail you. It's by faith we are healed and become his children, willing to put our full trust in him. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10 says, <clears throat> It is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What a line that is. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. What a line that is. He has saved your soul and forgiven your sins. He has given you assurance after assurance that you belong to him. As I've been many, said many times this last few weeks in church services, he will always be with you. Let our faith remain strong and not waver. And then we can fulfil his commands and do all the work that he has already prepared. 
Remember what it says in Matthew 17, verses 19 to 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Speaking about somebody who has been possessed. And he replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The little boy in this story gave everything he had. He knew that Jesus could turn it into something miraculous. And that is exactly what he did. Jesus can do the same with each one of us. And he can use us in a mighty way, regardless of how young or how old we are. We talk to people. We see people. We share our faith with people. We mix that's what the beauty of being a person is you don't sit, lock yourself in a room you actually go out and mix with people and in doing that you share who jesus is what jesus has done for you and the seeds that get planted from you in other people are the seeds that god wants us and that grow and that change that person's life you can do that when you're 10 you can do it when you're five you can do it when you're 64 and you can do it when you're 90. You can always be, always be effective for God. Just put your faith in him. Put your faith in him. Amen. Picked um, two hymns today, or two songs to, to sing, listen to. Last week when I was listening to uh, Rachel, uh, when I was listening to her... Um, YouTube list. One song just jumped out and hit me, and, and I've been singing it all week. And I said to Rachel this week, you know, put it on the wish list again, on the YouTube list again, and I'll put it in the service. And it's it's a hymn called Blessed Assurance. It's an assurance that comes from God. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Raising my Saviour all the day long
halfway through that <laughs> I think my internet went down um, but I hope you were able to sing along with it and now ask Stuart to bring us our prayers of intercession let's pray together Lord we do thank you that we can praise your name we thank you that faith brings us here and even As we come, maybe just with the faith, maybe we feel just the size of a mustard seed. That's all you require of us. So we come and bring our prayers with that faith. Faith knowing that as we speak to you, we can uh, be assured that you hear our prayers and you will act out of your grace and mercy and love. We will see a wonderful transformation. So Lord, today we pray for the world and for our community. And particularly Lord, today we thank you for the message that we've heard of people being fed out of faith. And we pray for those organisations that are providing food and help to the poorest areas of the world. We pray for Christian Aid, Tear Fund and other organisations that are working across the world to help those areas that not only are dealing with poverty and hunger, but also um, the coronavirus. Places like India and places in Africa. Lord, be with those organisations. We thank you that they have stepped up out of compassion and out of love for you. Compassion for the people. To bring food and help to where it's needed most. Bless them, Lord, in their work. And closer to home, Lord. We pray for those who are finding it hard to put food on the table at this time. For those who may have lost jobs, maybe worried about their finances, and for those who day by day struggle to provide that food. Be with them, Lord, and we thank you and pray especially for the food pantry 
that happens in this area supported by the local churches. Lord, thank you for that work. And we pray that you will continue that, enable that work to continue. Bless that work and all the food banks across this nation. But Lord, we'd rather not see that. We'd rather see people with enough to eat. So we challenge the injustice of the poverty, even in this nation. In your name, we challenge that. We pray for the uh, CAP uh, taster session, looking at people's finances and helping them to be able to manage their lives and their finances. Lord, we thank you for Christians Against Poverty and ask, Lord, that you will uh, develop that course here to support local people and help them through this difficult time. And Lord, we pray for ourselves. We pray for the church here. Lord, may we continue to serve our community. It may be that we have nothing much to offer other than the the, uh, the little things that uh, we offer each day. But Lord, we're here, we're constant and we're loving our community. Help us to continue to do that out of faith and out of love for you and out of compassion and love for our community. And we pray asking for ourselves. Again, maybe with little faith, just enough. We bring those who are struggling, who are known to us, perhaps those who are ill, those who are waiting for results from hospital appointments, tests, those who've had those test results and are concerned by them, those who are grieving and those who are celebrating. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that out of faith we can offer these prayers in and through the name of Jesus Christ, the one who makes the world a different place. We ask in his name. Amen. Thanks very much, Stuart. We might now move into our time of communion. Um, I'm hoping that you've um, all got some bread and some some cordial or some wine. Um, we're going to begin by hearing um, the story of the Lord's the, the Last Supper, and it's from Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 to 30. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked. Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. 
Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Everyone who loves the Lord Jesus is welcome to take communion. In Corinthians, the reading says, For I receive from the Lord what also I pass to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray together. O Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, in our words and in our deeds. We have had worries and anxieties about the future. Even though we proclaim you as Lord, we have failed to love our neighbours and we have disobeyed your commands. Have mercy upon us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness that we may walk in your ways and serve you in grace and love. This we ask in your holy name. Amen. Can I ask you now to just put the wine and the bread before you? And let's pray again. And so, Father, we bring you these gifts. We ask you to make them holy by the power of your spirit, that they may become the body and blood of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate this communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will take the bread. This is my body given for you. This is what Jesus said. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let me say this together. I'm not asking you to unmute. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning's service. We thank you that we've been able to come together and worship you. And we thank you, Lord, that you've shared some of your story with us. We pray, Lord, that we, our faith becomes stronger, that our faith strengthens us to do the work that you want us to do. We thank you, Lord, that you can pour out your spirit into each one of us and that you can send us out into the world in this time of pure pressure to be the people that you want us to be. Let us be those people. Let us shine for you. Let us light the world for you because we are your children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, For the last uh, hymn or song, one of the beauties of leading the service is you get to pick what you like. And I have picked a song that is my favourite. It is clearly one of the best songs I've ever heard because I absolutely love hearing it and I love singing it. But more apt to that, it has got a message because it talks about God's grace and it's through grace that we have faith. So I'm absolutely over the moon that we can actually share our final song, which is The Power of Your Love.
So that we can say the grace together. May the grace, the grace of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. I think we're getting really good at this. <laughs>